Hopefully, but um, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be okay. How are we? Good, good. Um, let's go ahead and uh, turn over to James chapter five. We still sound a little tired from all the turkey we ate on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, uh, so James chapter 5, if you didn't know, there are only uh, five chapters in the book of James. So we will be, uh, we'll be closing out tonight. But, uh, you know, we started uh, a few months ago uh, in the book of James discussing trials and temptations of the believer. And uh, chapter 2, if you'll remember, uh, we discussed mostly uh, about favoritism, prejudice uh, within uh, the church. And uh, chapter 3 taught us about sins of the tongue. Last time we were together, we, uh, we were in James chapter 4. And uh, James began to teach us, alright, how do we cor- correct these things? And uh, we talked about how to submit our lives to God. But uh, submission uh, in our lives is not possible without the two things we'll learn tonight uh, from James chapter 5. And uh, the title of our lesson actually comes from the book of Romans. In Romans 12.12 it says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And the title of our lesson tonight is Patient in Affliction and Faithful in Prayer. And uh, these two keys we'll cover tonight, uh, you know, truly will help us to unlock the door to freedom from the trials and temptations in our lives. Amen? In James chapter 5, I'll start reading in verse 7. It says, Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is already standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers, do not swear not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. You know, my first point this evening is stay put and stand firm. Stay put and stand firm. You know, James gives us uh, two illustrations here uh, of what patience 
really looks like. And the first one is that of a farmer. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if patience is not a part of your character, uh, you, you may want to stray away from farming, right? Listen to this story. A, uh, a man from New York City moved out to the country and bought a piece of land. He went to the local feed and livestock store and talked to the owner about he was, how he was going to take up chicken farming. Then he asked the owner to buy a hundred chicks. That's a lot of chicks, commented the owner. I mean business, said the city slicker. A week later, the man was back again. I need another hundred chicks. Boy, you sure are serious about this farming, aren't you? The man told him. I sure am, the yuppie replied. If I can, uh, only if I can iron out a few problems. Problems? asked the owner. Yes, sir, the man replied. The last batch I think I planted a little too close together. You know, obviously... Did you get it? <laughs> that was a delayed reaction there. It was chickens that he planted. You know, obviously farming isn't easy. Um, you know, no crop is going to appear overnight. Farmers work hard for days on end to plow the field, to sow the seed, and when their job is done, they don't even get a reward for their work. They're forced to stay put and wait for the harvest to come. You know, the farmer, uh, you know, he's got to wait many weeks in order to see that harvest. Many weeks for that seed to produce fruit. You know, the farmer has no control over the weather, but he depends so much on it. Too much rain, and it'll cause the crop to rot. Too much sun, and it'll scorch it up. An early frost can kill the crop as well. But the farmer must stay put. You know, as Christians, James is telling us that we are spiritual farmers, waiting for our spiritual harvest. He says that, Take courage. For the coming of the Lord is near. You know, why would a farmer wait so long for the crop? Why would he work so hard? The reason is simple. The harvest is worth it. Amen? The harvest is worth it. The harvest is precious. You know, I saw this, uh, this experiment online. Uh, it was testing the self-control of children. And uh, they brought uh, different kids in and, uh, and offered them a piece of candy. But they told them if they waited to eat the piece of candy, they would receive another. The kids are left alone in a room for, uh, for only five minutes. 
And uh, as you can imagine, a majority of the kids ate the candy before that five minutes was up. And, uh, you know, it's so funny to watch. Uh, you know, because, of course, to us, uh, you know, it's like, it, it, it just makes sense. You wait. Uh, if you really want that extra piece of candy, you just wait. Um, you know, it seems ridiculous that they would settle for one piece of candy uh, when they could have easily had two. You know, why couldn't you just wait five minutes? But, you know, I think sometimes God is saying the same thing to us. You know, why couldn't you just wait? Why couldn't you just be patient? You would rather settle for that. You know, brothers and sisters, we can't let a lack of patience steal our salvation. You know, I'm not sure about you, but, uh, but growing up, uh, Christmas, uh, for me, uh, always meant uh, a time for long car rides. And, uh, you know, whether it's uh, a long car ride uh, out of town, out of state, uh, to visit my grandparents in Colorado, or, uh, or even just in the Metroplex, uh, a long car ride across the, uh, the, the Metroplex here, uh, me, my brother, and my sister would always find some way uh, to get in an argument. And, uh, you know, it, it usually seems like, uh, like I got the brunt of the punishment uh, for it, uh, although that probably means, uh, you know, I was causing most of the issues as well. But, um, but you know what, no matter what, those little arguments would always put a damper on the rest of the day. Um, you know, those little uh, things would, would totally ruin the entire trip. You know, with the holidays coming up, there are going to be many things that are going to try and damper your walk with God. There are going to be many things that try and steal your salvation. And you know, it happens this time every year. Satan is looking for ways to pull you away from the body. He's looking for ways to drag you away. Here in uh, verse 9, James says, Don't grumble about each other. You know, Satan is sneaky. Because uh, he starts by making issues uh, between us. You know, he starts by turning you against your brother or your sister. And, uh, you know, he makes you feel like you're not included, makes you feel like your brothers and sisters don't really care for you. You know, he makes you feel like you're, you're not included in, in other people's holiday plans. He makes us feel alone and isolated. Then he lets the bad company in. You know, whether it's a, a call from an old friend or a call from an, an ex-girlfriend, an ex-boyfriend, before you know it, you're swept right back into your old way of life. Brothers and sisters, don't grumble about each other. 
You know, we've got to learn to be grateful for the relationships God has provided us. We've got to stay put and stand firm. You know, the second example of patience that, uh, that James gives us here is the story of Job. And uh, he calls Job a man of great endurance. And you know, what does endurance mean? I looked it up. It says it's the ability to do something difficult for a long time. The ability to do something difficult for a long time. You know, not only do you have to wait, but, you'll be, uh, but it will be difficult and there will be trials. You know, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better example of suffering than the story of Job. You know, he loses his wealth, all of his possessions. He loses his family. Then he loses his health. And uh, that's all just in the first three chapters. You know, a majority of the book of Job consists of just these debates between him and his three friends uh, over false accusations. His own wife tells him to curse God and die. Endurance is doing something difficult for a long time. You know, what things do you feel like you're enduring? You know, what things lie ahead for you to endure? You know, maybe it's family issues. You know, like I shared about earlier, the, uh, the free time, too much free time, too much time together during the holidays uh, is bound to cause issues with our families. Let's just be real. That's the way it is. You know, are you preparing for that? Are you ready to endure that? You know, is your mindset already focused on how you can endure that? How you can be a servant to your family and not seek to be served? You guys still with me? You know, what about, uh, what about finances? You know, are you enduring in your finances? You know, it's funny uh, how difficult it is financially to sign up for the Christmas banquet. But, uh, but on Black Friday, all of a sudden, there's money in the bank. You know, m- materialism runs rampant this time of year. Greed runs rampant in our hearts. Isn't it strange how that works? Brothers and sisters, we've got to be on our guard during this holiday season. You know, the the question is, are you going to stand firm or are you going to settle? You know, again, I love that illustration with the kids waiting for the candy. You know, they knew what the reward was going to be. They knew if they would have waited what the reward was. You know, it's funny, Job had no idea what was waiting for him. You know, Job had no idea if he was going to catch a break or not. 
Job had no idea if things were just going to continue to get worse. You know, he didn't know uh, what we know was going on behind the scenes between God and Satan. But you know what? He cried out to God to answer his questions, but there was still no reply. Satan expected him to get impatient, to just give up. But you know what? In the end, God honors Job. He gives him back twice as much as he had before. You know what, brothers and sisters, we've got to let Job be our example of patience. We've got to stay put and stand firm. Amen? Amen. Let's pick it back up in James chapter 5 and verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed that the heavens, uh, again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. My brothers and sisters, if any one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. You know, prayer is perhaps the greatest power in the world today. You know, James says that a righteous man's prayer is both powerful and effective. However, I believe many people today lack powerful prayers. Instead of praying in their prayers, they just recite religious words that lack any part of their hearts. Can you relate to that at all? In a prayer meeting, a church member was praying around the world. He prayed for issues from many different countries. One of the men present was growing tired of his monotonous speech. Finally, the man cried out, Now ask him something. You know, my second point this evening is simply ask him something. 
You know, in this section, James mentions prayer seven times. If there is anything he wants us to know, it's that we must ask God. You know, we're given a, uh, a few different circumstances here uh, in which James, call, James calls us to pray. You know, the first, he simply says, if you're in trouble, you should pray. Uh, sounds like good advice. You know, as followers of Christ, we're bound to encounter times of trouble. And, uh, and they won't always be uh, a result of our sin or a discipline from God. Someone once asked uh, C.S. Lewis, Why do the righteous suffer? Why not, he replied. They're the only ones who can take it. You know, Job's difficulties didn't come from wrongdoing on his behalf. They were merely difficulties that he had to face. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 12 a verse that you probably know well. It says, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You know, I remember uh, when I first moved away from school, uh, or moved away to school, uh, out of my parents' house, and, uh, you know, I had such a hard time uh, adjusting to life away from home. And uh, I think it was uh, almost a month uh, after I had left, uh, I was driving to school one day and I realized uh, my mom hadn't called me at all since I left. And uh, I hadn't talked to my parents at all in like a month. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I called my mom, and I like, started to tear up. And uh, I was like, wow, uh, it's so hard uh, to, to have that disconnection. You know, I, uh, I moved out, I started looking for a job, and it took me a long time to find a job. Uh, you know, college classes were a lot tougher than classes in high school. You know, being away from home, new doors opened up for impurity and sin in my life. On top of that, my, uh, my roommates were not doing well spiritually. You know, instead of building me up, uh, they were trying to, to pull me away in my relationship with God. And you just ask, why? In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You know, the bottom line is that at one time or another, we're all going to be in some kind of trouble. We can pray for God to remove the affliction, but we must also pray for wisdom. You know, we talked about in James chapter 1, where it says, hey, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God. And it will be given to you. You know, asking God to help us understand these situations so that we can use it to praise Him. And that's what he says the very next line here. 
he says, hey, you know what? If, uh, it says, if you're uh, happy, praise God. You know, that's the truth. If we're happy, we've got to praise God. He knows how to balance our lives, giving us not only times of suffering, but also times of gladness. In maturing as a Christian, though, we've got to learn to praise God even in our times of suffering. You know, the, uh, the next circumstance for prayer that James gives us uh, is during a time of sickness. You know, prayer has the power of healing. And uh, like, like Mark shared earlier uh, with Ryan Waite, you know, it's amazing to see how faithful prayers can have a radical impact. Amen? You know, are you praying in time of sickness? You know, I'm, uh, I know I'm guilty of, uh, of saying one quick, quick prayer for someone, uh, but then forgetting about it. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's an example. Uh, that's not an example of faithful prayer. That's the truth. If we're not willing to pray persistently, we're not really being faithful. You know, the, the other thing that I've noticed uh, is that I tend to, to give open-ended prayers. And, uh, and what I mean by that is this. You know, I'll pray for someone to be healed if it's the Lord's will. You know, and that sounds like a good thing to pray. However, I think that's a prayer that lacks faith. You know, I think we tend to pray and keep the expectations low. Is that just me? No. You know, I don't want to pray for them to be healed because if it doesn't come true, you know, what does that say about my faith, right? You know, is God going to heal everyone? No. You know, that's the truth. God is going to heal who He chooses to heal. But that shouldn't hold us back from praying bold, powerful prayers. Amen? Amen. You know, the next prayer we're called to pray is again for healing, but it's healing from sin. And, uh, you know, this one is even more crucial than the prayer for sickness. Because prayers for sin affect not only this life, but the life to come. You know, we probably tend to pray more for the sick than for the sinful. But, uh, but it says that we should pray for one another uh, after being open with each other. So the real question is, how often are you being open about your sin? You know, with the winter break, again, coming up, it's so easy to be disengaged. During the holidays, it's so easy to disconnect from one another. And you know what? Sin can easily sneak in and go unconfessed. Our natural instinct is to want to hide. My natural instinct is to want to hide. 
Listen to this story. It says a, a telemarketer called a home one day and a small voice answered and whispered hello. Hello, what's your name? Still whispering, the little voice said, My name's Jimmy. How old are you, Jimmy? I'm four. Good. Is your mother home? Yeah, but she's busy. Okay, is your father home? Yeah, he's busy too. Oh, I see. Who else is there? The police? The police? May I speak with them? No, they're busy too. Any other grown-ups there? The firemen. May I speak to, with the firemen, please? No, they're busy. Jimmy, all those people in your house, and I can't talk with any of them, what are they doing? Jimmy whispered, they're looking for me. <laughs> you know, imagine what this poor telemarketer was thinking, right? Um, you know, he had to ask all these specific questions to find out what the real issue was. You know, are you making people look for you? You know, are you so closed off about the sin in your life that people have to track you down? Does someone have to ask you just the right question for you to be open? You know, I know I've been like that before. You know, hey bro, how are you doing spiritually? Oh, I'm good. Are you remaining pure? Yeah, yeah, that's good. How are your quiet times? Well, they've been, they've been pretty great actually. You know, how about your laziness? Oh, oh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask about that one. You know, it's so easy for us to play that game, right? Play that game where, okay, I'm just going to give the good answers, but hey, if they, if they catch me, I guess I'm caught off guard. You know, when we choose not to confess our sins, we close the door to prayer. When we choose not to be open, we're closing that door for prayers. We're closing that door for healing. You know, it goes on and, uh, and it gives us an example uh, of one of the greatest prayer warriors, Elijah. And, uh, and James says uh, that he was, he was just like any other man. And his prayers were able to do some amazing things. You know, the story uh, that's mentioned here comes from uh, 1 Kings uh, in chapters 17 and 18. And uh, King, King Ahab has led uh, Israel uh, astray from the Lord. They're, uh, they're worshiping Baal. And uh, you know what? God decides to punish the nation. And uh, he sends a drought uh, on the land for three and a half years. 
And, uh, you know, Elijah, uh, he comes on the scene and, and he challenges the priests of Baal. And uh, they cry out to their God all day long. But no answer comes. And, uh, and Elijah comes up. He prays only once. And God sends fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice that Elijah put forward. But you know what? The nation still needed rain. So Elijah went and prayed again. He prayed face down before the Lord on Mount Carmel. And uh, he sent his servant back seven times to check for rain. And on the seventh time, it began to rain. And when it rained, it poured. You know, do you believe that your prayers are as powerful as Elijah's? The truth is, is they are. Again, you know what? Elijah was just like any other man, is what it says. You know, it's not about Elijah or his special praying abilities, but it's about God's abilities. Amen? You know, Robert Law said, Prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven. It's getting God's will done on earth. Prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven, but getting God's will done on earth. You know, our faith cannot be in ourselves when we pray. It must be in the will of God. You know, another thing we see, uh, we see from Elijah is his persistence in prayer. Too many times we fail to get from God what we ask. And we fail to get what God has promised because we simply stop praying. You know, we've got to learn to pray persistent prayers. Even Jesus prayed three times in the garden that the cup be taken from him. You know, when you look at Elijah, his prayer impacted an entire nation. An entire nation of people were impacted through his prayer. And they were saved. You know, the, uh, the prayers, our prayers, have the ability to do great things in the lives of those around us. You know, if we, uh, if we pray for the sick or for the sinful, we must also pray for those that wonder from the truth. And that's the, uh, the final point that, that uh, James leaves us with here. You know, uh, one of the greatest tragedies is, uh, we face as disciples is seeing our brothers and sisters walk away from our relationship with God. And, uh, you know, I've been a disciple for, for 12 years now. And uh, it is overwhelming to think about how many of my friends I've seen wander from the truth. 
You know, I would say uh, a majority of the teens that were disciples, a part of my teen ministry, uh, no longer are faithful. Um, it, uh, I, I could probably count on my hands how many from my teen ministry are still faithful. Um, it's amazing. You know, the thing I've noticed, however, is that one goes, then others are sure to follow. If one goes, other people are sure to follow. Because a wandering offender in the church can so easily lead others astray. You know, even, uh, even the Apostle Peter was guilty of backsliding. You know, he was warned by Jesus at the Passover that Satan was at work to tempt him. But Peter refused to listen. He ended up, of course, denying Jesus three times. You know, when, uh, when Peter should have been praying, he was sleeping instead. You know, we've got to be alert and of sober mind, brothers and sisters. You know, the... The problem that Peter faced and he thought he was immune to uh, is the same problem sometimes we think we can be immune to. You know, I'm here to tell you that, that Peter was not immune to denying the Lord. And neither are you. You know, Satan, during the holiday season, will continue to attack. Just because we take a break... Uh, doesn't mean he does. You know, be praying for the wandering brother, James says. And, uh, and we have the ability to save them from death. You know, I, I think we often forget the seriousness of the circumstances. James says you've got the ability to save them from death. You know, if we keep that in mind, that'll so help us to be prayerful for our brothers and sisters that have walked away from God. In 2 Peter chapter 2, in verse 20, it says, If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in it, and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were in the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. You know, turning away from the Lord is not something to take lightly. It says that the consequences will be much worse for a believer that is condemned than for an unbeliever. You know, of course, we've got to continue to pray for the loss, but how much more so for our brothers and sisters? Are you guys with me? You know, I can't make this stuff up. 
Um, It's right here, plain as day. We've got to be prayerful for our brothers and sisters that, that have chosen to walk away from God. You know, we've got to continue to plead for their souls. Amen? You know, the, uh, the farmer, he receives a crop. Job received his blessings. And Elijah received rain from the Lord. You know what? With patience and prayer in our lives, there will be victories. There will be triumphs over the trials and temptations in our lives. James is Jesus' bold little brother. You know what? He's shown us how to, uh, how to overcome these trials, how to, to persevere through the temptations and to mature as disciples. You know what? I believe uh, if he were here with us today, he would tell us to stay put, to stand firm, and to ask him for something. Amen? Amen. 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 Amen.